ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of dots, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, peeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they crowd. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue. Commission as a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 26 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I am your host, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict, along with my co-host, Dustin Church at Dynasty Junkie FF. Dustin, how you doing? I'm doing well. I survived this last week of football. You know, it was a little crazy. Had some that 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 Patriots Broncos game kind of uh, th- threw a big wrench into my weekend. I uh, lost uh, one of my undefeated teams because I did not have a replacement for Melvin Gordon um, in my lineup, so that hurt a little bit. But other than that, you know, um, you know, here we are talking about football. There's a lot that happened this last weekend, and uh, quite a bit of news this week that we'll get into. But I'm just excited to be here talking. I missed last week's show, so um, I'm excited to be back. How are you? Yeah, doing? yeah. Well, um, um, for for one, I am glad you decided to show up. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've been here every week, Dustin, not so much, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about the season so far. Glad we basically, I mean, we've had some COVID issues come up as we knew we would, but for the most part, we've gotten a lot of the games in, they managed to figure out the scheduling on the other games. So pretty glad about that. And I've, uh, with all the crazy injuries and COVID stuff, uh, a lot of my contending teams are surviving. So Enjoying the NFL season, and I'm excited to get into this show. And we have a, a great guest this week, uh, as we always do. Uh, we have Marvin Eloquin, uh, Dynasty Nerds, and and for the second week in a row, we have a writer for the the Fantasy Footballers. Marvin, how you doing? Doing great, you guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk some football. Yeah, I guess that must have been pretty. I know you and Casey not too long ago. We had Casey on last week, just got on there. I guess that must have been pretty exciting. I mean, I can't even imagine like being hired by the fantasy footballers. Yeah, it was. It's it still feels surreal. I guess it's been, you know, four weeks, five weeks into the season now that I've been writing for them. Um, but you know, I've been listening to them for years. So it's uh, truly an honor. And I'm just thankful to be a part of that team. Yeah. I, I remember a while back, uh, I, you, you, uh, stuff on twitter and i i'd retweeted some of your stuff and you thanking me for it now now you far surpassed me so so good job mark <laughs> <laughs> no I, I still remember that so i i really appreciate it i mean um that was way back when so i'm i'm yeah. always so thankful for those that that share my work and and always appreciative of it okay yeah definitely so we'll get right into uh where we always start which is our fantasy face-off fantasy face-off and a lot of chatter this week on Twitter about uh, Mr. DK Metcalf being wide receiver one. Uh, I'm not sure I totally agree with that. And we actually, I guess on Junkies, we were a little ahead of the curve because we were actually talking about this last week uh, and because uh, Matt Price had actually brought it up prior to this game. 
But uh, so for our face-off, we went with uh, Metcalf versus the current points wide receiver one, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, so I, I talked about DK some last week, so I'll let you guys go first. And as the resident Seattle fan, Dustin, you take the lead. Who are you taking? I'm still taking Hopkins here. I love DK, and I know like we had our buddy uh, Ben at, at Mr. Underscore EB on a while ago, and he, you know, he put out – I think he put out uh, 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns was his prediction for, Looking good. for DK. And <laughs> right now he's look, he's already at five touchdowns. My concern with DK is he only has 22 receptions. And touchdowns are the hardest thing to predict. And Hopkins out there with 52 catches um, so far for the season. And, you know, Hopkins, he never misses a game. Like, he's just so good. And he is, like, your true alpha. And they don't really have any other weapons right there in Arizona. Like we saw like DK still got his when Lockett was there, but we saw Lockett two weeks ago had three touchdowns and he's been very uh, good so far as well. I love DK and I think eventually he might take over, but I still want the production of Hopkins over DK right now. If someone's willing to pay me Hopkins plus for DK though, I would, I would snap accept that. Um, I'm still, Hopkins has been the guy for the last five years and he's, he's still showing it right now in a new offense. Like everyone was so concerned that Hopkins going into a new team with a new system and a new quarterback was going in or you agree, disagree I with me. I thought, say, you, you know, that was me. And I've, I, I, I admitted that week one, I was like, Nope, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So like Hopkins is just, he's just so good and so consistent. And you know, he's, Last week, six for 131 and seven, 10, eight, 14 catches. Like he's just, you know, he's going to get those targets and those, those catches. And that's easier to predict than touchdowns. So that's why I'm, I'm staying with Hopkins. I know he's 28 and that's getting old for receivers in the dynasty community nowadays. Like oh, it, it, was, on it was in the thirties, but now he's at 28. <laughs> um, I, it, it'll probably be DK in a year or two, but I still want Hopkins right now. What about you, Marvin? How do you feel about this? I uh, completely agree with you. I think it's still Hopkins at this point. Um, and it, it's so interesting if I look at, you know, it, I dug into them a little more this, uh, this you know, the last day or so. And their weighted opportunities is actually identical. So the, the value is exactly identical, but they have different, obviously both have different roles. So Metcalf is the one that dominates the air yards because he's the deep threat. He's the guy that they throw down to. Hopkins is the one that dominates the target share. So it's, it depends on who you want on your team, really. If you're looking at just redraft, obviously that's how you choose. But in Dynasty, I'd, I'd still want the guy that gets the receptions, and that's Hopkins for me. Um, I know 28, uh, 23 years old is, is a pretty big gap, and I think at, it, I don't know how, at what point you start to think uh, to trade Hopkins, but he's just been so dominant. It's hard to see him stop anytime soon and, and decline anytime soon. But then again, we, we said the same thing about Julio and he's 31 now, you know, that's only three years apart. Um, for now, I still lean Hopkins, but I, to your point, I, I would actually consider a trade if it was Metcalf plus something like if it was a pick or if it was a player included, then, then I'd consider it because Metcalf to me in two years, three years from now, he might be the, the wide receiver one in dynasty. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, right now he's wide receiver five in October startup ADP on, on DOF. And mm -hmm. it's crazy. Like everybody above him is 26, 27, 28. Mm -hmm. And then like here he is 22. Like mm -hmm. he still has a ton of years. So I get it. And mm -hmm. it still hasn't fully registered. November ADP will be interesting. But 
you know, he's he's still down there at five behind Tyreek, Adams, Hopkins, and Thomas. And I don't think down I would take over any of those guys. I mean, down <laughs> at five. We were talking about number one. Down at, he's down at I five. I know, but I think one. that's more reasonable at five. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I, I agree with the five. I know JJ and Ryan both put him at number one. And it's a little, a little rich to me. I mean, Ryan also had DJ Moore at number two at the beginning of the season. So, uh, and he, he put on Twitter too, that he has CD there now, <laughs> which is, uh, which gets into, I, I'm going to agree with you too. I, I'm glad sanity has prevailed. And that gets into just a little thing I want to say, which is that I, I put this on Twitter. Somebody posted a similar poll to ours, which I should mention. We polled it had, had I think our biggest response ever on a poll, almost 2000 votes, 1957, and DK won fifty-two to forty-eight. I, I, which was shocked me. Well, not not really shocked me because Twitter can be ridiculous with this. Uh, I put it on another and reply to another poll that the 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 recency bias and fetishization of youth by Twitter never ceases to astound me. It, it's ridiculous. It, is he younger? Yes, uh, but we should be. I, I, if you're playing Dynasty, right? At least to me, you're playing in two to three year windows. I'm not going to have most of the guys that are on my roster right now aren't going to be there in three years. So I'm just concerned what they're going to do in the next few years. I think Hopkins is going to outproduce DK for for the next two to three years. I have come around a lot on DK. Uh, We've talked about this before. I think last week Um, I I was one of those, you know, the, 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 uh, the hip guys, you know, the three cone drill guys that, that uh, was against DK when he was coming out. But I've come around big time, and I do like him. But he, you know, he had a nice, nice season last year, and now we've had a nice, you know, run of five, six games. But he's still only averaging before last week. He was still only averaging seven targets a game. That offense has been insanely efficient. Um, like Dustin said, with the touchdowns, um, has helped him a lot. And meanwhile, Hopkins hasn't had less than 150 targets in six years. So uh, my wide receiver one has to be a guy I can see being the wide receiver one in the next year or two. I still don't think DK does that. This offense is not going to be this efficient all year. I'm not sure he does it next year. Lockett will still be there. And like I, like you guys said, I don't care that Hopkins is 28 because I still think when he's 30, you know, Julio is still producing when he's 30 and, and he's a Julio type guy. So, I'm definitely Hopkins. So we're three for three Twitter. You're, you're hardly wrong. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, uh, it, I've said this before in the pod, I'm the least ageist dynasty player out there. And, and the way people just prioritize, like, like I said, most people, yeah, he has more years to go than, than Hopkins, but most people aren't going to have their, have DK on the roster for six, seven years. So, especially if you're an active player. So Hopkins it is, and we'll move on to the next segment, which is uh, recapping some of week four and our dynasty strategy. Dynasty strategy. So uh, we'll start with the injuries as we usually do. Not a a lot of major injuries, but one really major injury, uh, which was Dak Prescott. Everyone saw the the horrible ankle injury he had uh, out for the year, uh, four to six month rehab. So Marvin, what do you what do you think on on Dak's value, especially for example in Superflex, and how much is this going to affect you know Cooper, uh, uh, Gallup, CD, all the all the passing options there? You know, I think it it affects them 
a, a tiny bit. I think the volume's still going to be there because that's mainly driven by that defense giving up so many points. So uh, Dalton's going to be throwing the ball a lot. And I think from a volume standpoint, uh, those receivers will be just fine. Obviously, the um, the ceiling will will be slightly capped just because it you know Dak is just so much better than 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 Dalton. Um, from a dynasty standpoint, I actually wrote about this in my most recent article. Um, it, he's unfortunately trending down just because in the at least in the immediate, there's still some uncertainty baked into his uh, dynasty value. We don't know where he's going to be. I think I would um, I would lean towards him being a, a Dallas Cowboy next season, and I think they're going to give him the extension that he deserves. Uh, but but we don't know, and and that's the downside. We don't know where he's going to be. He could be in a worse situation, which would be unfortunate because right now he's surrounded by a, an amazing elite running back, great receivers, uh, a solid offensive line, and and that's the perfect environment. And and um, anywhere he goes, I think it might have to be a step down. So I'm I'm hoping he stays there. But in you know in my article, I talked about how this could be an opportunity for you to potentially trade for him at his lowest value that it might be in the next five years or so, because someone's going to be panicking, right? Someone who, who had Dak on a contending team will want a, a quarterback in return. And, and to me, if I'm a rebuilding team, I'm going to go trade for Dak because uh, to me, I believe he's going to be a QB one again, a high in QB one next year, once he's back healthy and, and ready to go. Yeah. And I, I love that move um, because yeah, he's definitely at the lowest point. He's going to be, I agree with you. I think he's back at worst case scenario. I think they franchise him again. Um, but I think you're right. They may just go ahead and resign him. And, and segueing from that, Dustin, I believe you made a, a trade involving Dak this week. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm actually a contender, and I bought Dak today. Um, but I have Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, and then I had Stafford and Dalton as my my quarterback. So I traded Dalton or not Dalton. I traded Stafford and Nelson Aguilar for John Brown and Dak today. Um, with me having Dalton as my third, um, I, I didn't really need, I'm never going to play Dalton. I have Tannehill and, and Russell Wilson. So I was going to be fine there. And I have, um, Dalton with, with Dak there. So if he stays in Dallas or whatever, then I have another option there. Uh, I thought it was a pretty, pretty good deal for me. Um, highway having <laughs> you think highway? <laughs> I've had a couple yeah. people tell me. I mean, I, that. I like Stafford, but but yeah, Stafford. I'll take Dak over Stafford if you don't need Stafford and you don't, and yeah. and Brown Aguilar, whatever. But I, I, if I had to pick one, I'm taking Brown there, and that's who you got. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I I was a little hesitant to make the deal because in this league, I I was four and zero going into this week, and so was that owner. And he only has two quarterbacks. Like he didn't have a third. So losing Dak, he didn't have another option. And me giving him Stafford kind of bails him out, like gives him another option for the year. But I, it was just too good of a value for me to, to pass up. Like I didn't want to get too cute to try to, he offered Stafford straight up and I was like, no, sweeten it a little bit. Give me John Brown. And, mm -hmm. um, and that's how I got the deal done. Um, I like that you did. Cause I think we both agree, especially with trades. If you're making your team better, don't worry about what's happening with the other team. Yeah. And that's, exactly. that's why I did it. Like at the end of the day, I want what's best for my team. And I think making the deal was, um, I'm right there with Marvin. I think, um, Dak's still going to be elite. Like there is a lot of questions, but I think, I don't think that there's any chance he's not in Dallas. I actually think that this is going to help him resign Is that like Dallas has seen what he can do with that offense and how much he 
how much he cares about that team and how much pride and in, in how much he put into that team. And I don't think that they're going to see the same thing from Dalton. Obviously they're not going to see the same thing from Dalton, but I think that's going to make them realize what they had in Dak was special and he fits that team for what they want to do and that they're not going to be able to just go replace him and find another quarterback. So that, they'll re-sign him uh, or franchise him. But with, with the, the tag next year, with the salary cap going down, I don't know that they'll be able to tag him. Right. So I think they're going to have to re-sign him. But what I think this is actually going to be a big boost for Zeke. Like he's been fine, but he hasn't been like really like in the top echelon of running backs this year. But I think they're going to lean on the run a little bit more just because Dalton can't, I don't think Dalton can really sustain all three of those wide receivers like that can. So I think it's going to be a bigger boost for Zeke. Um, but I, I don't hate Dalton. I think he's going to be serviceable for us the year. But I'm not really worried about Cooper and Gallup or uh, Cooper and Lamb. I am, am worried about Gallup. I don't think he's going to stay as valuable as he was um, with Dalton coming in just because I think they're going to balance it out a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, and to your point about the contract, I, I don't know that it would get much, but maybe Dak even gives them a little injury discount just so we can have the security after what happened this year. Um and, and I, I basically agree with both of you as well. Um, I was going to bring up Zeke. I definitely think it's an uptick for him. Um, they probably should be running the ball more anyway because of that defense, as Marvin said. You keep that defense off the field more if you can get Zeke going and running the clock some. Um, I do think, uh, again, as Marvin said, that, that the receivers maybe take a little hit. But I uh, I think they were going to take a little hit anyway. D- Dak wasn't going to – even with this defense, Dak wasn't going to average passing 450 yards a game or whatever it is. So um, – and I think uh, – I mean, Dalton is not – as bad as I think some people make him out to be. I mean, he's, he's nothing amazing, but um, he's certainly good enough to, to, to support some of those guys. And, and like, like Dustin said, I think Gallup probably takes the hit of the three, but um, one thing I did want to ask as well, though, is uh, are, are either of you guys in dynasty interested in buying Dalton at this point, if you don't already have him? I, 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 I was thinking about it. I <laughs> actually bought him in a league I was contending where I lost, um, lost Dak and I gave a late first for him. Um, I'm right now, I think I'm tied for second in that league. So my, my pick's going to be one of the, the last couple of picks. I, at, at least if everything goes to plan, I lost Dak. I still had Kyler and Brady, so I didn't necessarily have to, but I, I, I love having three quarterbacks, especially in a COVID year like this. I, I mm-hmm. in a super flex league, I won a minimum of three quarterbacks. And for a contender, a late first for Dak or for Dalton is going to be, I, I think, is just fine. Like he's still going to be serviceable with those weapons. Like he's got the best offense in, in the league around him, like bar none. So he's still going to have have quite a bit of value. So I, I was fine making that making that move. Yeah, and I think that the. The argument that I was, uh, you know, because we kn- we've talked about Locke plenty on this podcast, and that's kind of the argument I was making for him all year, and I think it's the same for Dalton. With those weapons, it's going to be hard for him not to succeed, and I, I think I think a late first is probably what you'd have to pay for him. E- even even if he is only a one-year guy, you do have him locked in for the entire year, barring injury, and it, in a, a really great offense with a bad defense, which is which is just the perfect scenario for fantasy. Uh, would you be paying that, Marvin, for Dalton? I, I would. If I was a contender, even if I didn't have Dak, I probably would because I, I think he's set up to succeed for the rest of the season. 
and uh, you never know with the dynasty landscape anyways with quarterbacks. He could have he could perform really well this year and have a, a starting job elsewhere next year. And um, so so to me, a, a quarterback that has that's a starter is definitely worth a late first. Um, you know, I'd probably try to squeeze out a trade with a early second if I can or something like that. But uh, late first, if, if you need a quarterback and, and um, to your guys's point, having three in a super flex is exactly what you want. So um, go get um, go get Dalton if, if it comes at a, a decent price like that. Right. Yeah, I was actually listening to the footballers today and they were talking <laughs> about how like right, that they see Dalton kind of taking the Tannehill route. Mm-hmm. You know, Tannehill, um, you know, he came in and, you know, he was QB too when he came after he came in last yeah, year. But, if you look yeah, at since yeah. since Tannehill took over, his numbers are actually better than Patrick Mahomes. Like it's it's crazy. <laughs> like they broke it down on on the episode today. Um, not saying that that Dalton's going to follow that, but like Dalton's playing for for a contract. Like he's playing for another gig. So like me paying a first for him, he's going to have value for me for us this year, and could potentially have a job next year. Mm-hmm. And then I'm carrying four quarterbacks when Dak comes back. So. Like it was just a, a really easy deal to make. Like the guy sent it, and I accept. I didn't even try to counter. I was like, "Yeah, that's fine," and and accepted it. So, um, but I, I really like that call, Marvin. Of you know, he he could turn this into a job. Like he's only on a one year deal, mm-hmm. so he's going to be a free agent, and he can if he performs, he can go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And listeners to this show know I I don't like to pay for quarterbacks, so uh, I don't know. I, if I desperately needed one, I definitely think he's worth the late first. That's his value. But um, I probably wouldn't be paying it. I'd probably try and get away with the late sec or the early second, like Marvin said. And if I couldn't do it, I'd go for go for somebody cheaper. But I definitely think that's his value if, if you want to go for for a, a better guy, because um, I do think Dalton will be low end QB one, high end QB two at worst um, while he's in there. So moving on to the other injuries, which there really weren't many. There were, I mean, there were some, but none of them seem to be something that we're really going to worry about from a dynasty aspect. So I'm just going to run through. I'm going to run through all three real quick um, and just see if you guys have any comment. Keenan Allen had a back injury. They have a bye in week six. Uh, it doesn't sound super serious. Uh, from what I saw, it might have ju- it was just back spasms is what I saw. So I'm not sure he, there's any issue there. Uh, Deontay Johnson also had a back injury, but uh, Tom one has come out and said he thinks he's going to play this week. Uh, and we'll get into him probably a little more in one of the next topics we have coming up. And then Dalvin Cook had the groin injury, and it sounds like uh, uh, he Zimmer played it a little cagey today, but the reports are that he's probably going to be out this week, especially because I think they have a bye in week seven, so it makes sense to rest him. Um, any comments on any of these guys? I mean, I... I don't know that there's really much to say from a dynasty perspective. Um, the one thing I actually wanted to talk about um, that just made me think about this um, because of the injuries, because it, you know the way Madison came in and performed was just your thoughts on handcuffing and dynasty in general. Um, I'm not big on handcuffing. I, I prefer to get a handcuff um, that I don't own so that you get more upside if the guy does come in like a Madison. So if you have Madison, you don't have Cook, now all of a sudden you have an RB1 that you didn't have for at least a week, and if, and if Cook gets injured again. But Marvin, what do, you, do you have any thoughts on any of these injuries since they're only short-term, and what do you think on the handcuffing issue? Yeah, I'm not all too concerned about Keenan or Deontay Johnson. Um, you know, I just really want to see Deontay Johnson back on the field healthy for – 
for a full game. Uh, he he looked yeah. really good for the first two games, and um, definitely hope he comes back healthy. Cook is the the one concern. Um, hopefully he's back though after their bye week, and it does sound like he's going to miss time. Um, but you know, it's funny you ask about uh, backups and rostering those in Dynasty, and and I I actually have the same mindset as you. I'd I'd rather roster someone else's or different running backs. To, to maybe get another running back there and maybe even use that as trade leverage in dynasty. But after what we've seen over the first, you know, <laughs> five weeks right. and with COVID and everything, it, it just, it, I, I think this year I kind of made an effort to go and trade for some of these backups, you know, the Tony Pollard's Latavius Murray, if I, had, if I have Camara, um, and then Mike Davis has just been tearing it up and, um, who's CMC anyways, right? I mean, if <laughs> Davis is playing, right the club, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> He's <laughs> but, been like, like 75% CMC though. It's crazy. It, it's crazy. <laughs> so exactly. So if you can get one of those guys and, and I actually have CMC in, in several leagues and, and some, I, I did have Mike Davis, some I didn't. And, and I, I really missed that production. And, and if you had Mike Davis, you were probably set up. Then again, not all backups perform that way, right? And there's always a chance it becomes a committee if the if the stud goes down. So, uh, it you just really have to pick and choose and, and know which backups to to go after. I think that's a good point. Uh, I think it's to JJ Zacharyson said we often don't know who the handcuff is, and there's a handful of situations where you do. I actually had it. I didn't. I don't. I only have CMC in a couple leagues, but I strangely had Mike Davis in like six or seven different leagues, and I'm enjoying that right now. Um, but yeah, him, Pollard, um, a few other guys that that you definitely kind of pretty much know. But in most situations, I think we don't. Uh, Dustin, your thoughts on handcuffing? So, if if I have like a Delvin Cook, then I obviously I, then I want Madison. Yeah, like Madison is another one. Yep, getting Madison just because of of you know Cook's always going to miss a couple of games a year with soft tissue things, and so I want his I want his handcuff in Madison. Um, I so if it's a high end handcuff, I want them regardless if they're mine or not. So like I have Pollard, Latavius, Madison's, like those guys that I know are going to be good because there is going to be games where you can start them regardless if they're they're going to be on the field. They might not get a lot of touches, but they're, they're like especially in this type of year where there's COVID and all these injuries. Like those are the, I, I just want the good handcuffs. I don't really care if they're mine or not. Um, I don't. I don't prioritize getting my own handcuffs unless it's like a Madison or Pollard or, or, or something like that. But like we talked, uh, Marvin talked about Latavius Murray, like he's got standalone value on his own. Like mm-hmm. Kamara isn't the, the, the pound ground and pound running back. Like uh, Murray is like, we saw this last week. He was uh, pretty involved in the offense. He scored twice the week before. So like mm-hmm. Murray has got standalone value, but there's not a lot of actual handcuffs out there that are really that valuable. Like you look at like Mike Davis is the exception, but like there's not really many teams like Seattle with Carlos Hyde, just because Chris Carson and stuff like that, but there's not really that many handcuffs that are that valuable anyways. So I just prioritize getting those high upside running uh, backups, regardless if I have the starters or not. Like um, like Wayne Gallman or Devontae Freeman aren't aren't that valuable, right? Right, Dustin. No. Like compared I mean, to Mike Davis specifically, right? Dustin? Yeah, I'll, I'll take the L <laughs> on that one. Uh, Freeman looked good last week. Uh, he did. You know, he did for the Giants. Like he's that's no Mike Davis though. With with how bad the Giants <laughs> look right now, uh, Freeman looked pretty good. Um, but like, I didn't see Mike Davis coming. 
at all. Like I saw him in Seattle and was just never really that impressed with him. I know, I know you're raising your hand. You did. I, I had questions about that offense and catching the ball. Like just, it, it didn't seem like it was going to fit. It is. I'll take, I'm taking my L. Um, <laughs> but I just like, everyone like, tries to get so like in drafts, people like get so like caught up in getting their handcuffs or making sure they get handcuffs. I just try to take the highest upside player I can get regardless if, of, of handcuff or not. Uh, we see it every year that random guys come out of nowhere or handcuffs, like the good handcuffs will still have standalone value. Like that's just how I play it. I don't, I don't sp- specifically prioritize them. Yeah, I definitely agree. And are you paying for a handcuff post? Like I- I'm more willing to draft one in a startup, but I still don't really prefer my own, but I might more do it then. Um, but so let's say you drafted Cook in a startup. Are you willing to pay a second or something to get like Madison in the offseason? Or are you just, if I can get him in the startup, I'll get him. If not, maybe I get him as a throw in in another deal or something like that. Yeah, I, if I can get them in the startup, I will. I don't ever try to buy them. Like Madison was going for a first when there was all the holdout talk of, yeah. Of of Cook and he's probably right there right now with Cook being injured, even though it's not a major injury. He's probably a late first, early second right now. Like if you wait till these guys have jobs or the injury in front of them to buy them, then they're gonna be too expensive and they're not gonna hold that value. Like so if I don't get them in the draft, then I don't really worry about getting them unless like it's a throw into a deal where their value is deflated for the moment. I don't wait on handcuffs for that value because I, I still don't see like Dalvin just signed. So I don't see Madison really having any value without an injury to Dalvin. Like, like he'll have some flex worthy weeks here and there, but like he's not going to have the value to warrant an early second round pick to me um, without an injury to Dalvin. And then at that point, he's probably more expensive than that. So it's like a, kind of a chicken and egg thing. Like if I can give him the draft cool, if not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not worried about it. Agreed. And uh, we'll get into a couple other uh, topics here from week four, um, or, or in this case, post week four, because Le'Veon Bell was released uh, this week. Jets, there was a story that came out. Jets tried to trade him. Uh, I loved a, a tweet Ryan McDowell put out. He's like, I've been trying to trade him. It's very difficult, guys. <laughs> but uh, said, apparently they had no takers with that contract. He was released. Uh, just before we came on, uh, I believe, Dustin, you saw a report. There was that uh, it looks like word is it's going to be the Chiefs. Um, there were some other teams involved. I heard a lot of he's gotten out of the Jets. His stock is definitely up just because he's off the Jets. I- I'm not sure stock is up that much if he goes to the Chiefs. The offense is better, yes. His role is greatly diminished, I think. I don't think they're just shoving CMC to the side for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, you agree, Marvin? I do, and it that would uh, that would be very disappointing for me. I have uh, Clyde <laughs> Edwards-Helaire in a couple leagues, um, and I'm relying on him pretty heavily. But to your point, I don't know if they're just gonna put him to the side and say, "Okay, Love Bell here, take you know 20 touches or whatever it is." I think um, that it seems like that offense is still gonna be passing a lot, so it kind of worries me. I don't know if if they split, neither one could be very fantasy relevant. Um, I don't know if they, uh, you know, weirdly enough, they use um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a lot in the the run game, not so much in the passing. You know, they kind of comes um, comes and goes, and maybe Bell becomes that third down running back, who's the who's likely the better pass uh, pass protector, and um, 
and and blockers. So then, uh, you know, he might have value in PPR leagues, but I agree he might not have the volume. Um, so volume goes down, efficiency goes up. So he might just be where he was before. Um, and uh, um, but you know, it's it's definitely a little more optimistic, higher upside for for touchdowns at least. So that's that's positive. That's what I'm thinking. That he's kind of where he was at before, um, just because of the, the the lack of usage I would expect to happen in KC, and they they haven't. I I feel like this is going back to last year, though I did not look it up or anything. But they they haven't shown it seems to me an affinity to to use the running back a lot at the goal line. They like to pass a lot. It seems mm-hmm. like to me. I think I think if I'm correct, Alaire only had, uh, Edwards Alaire only has one touchdown all year. Uh, I think it was in that first game. Uh, so uh, I'm not sure if any of the other running backs have a touchdown. I don't think they do, but I'm not positive about that. But so I'm not even sure how much more. I mean, you expect that to regress some through five games, only having one or even if they have another one somewhere, two touchdowns rushing. Um, you expect that to to change a little bit. But I'm, and I do think that there is a chance that could go to Bell over uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, though, because uh, I mentioned this after Week One, and people acted like I was crazy about the, uh, you know, the six the six attempts where he did not score uh, near the goal line, and, and, and like I said, we haven't seen him score since then. So, um, Dustin, any thoughts on on either of these guys, Bell or, or Edwards-Alaire? I mean, I think I think you're right that Bell is going to be more the the goal line back um ch is now starting to catch the ball a little bit more so i think that we'll still see we'll still i think it'll be more of a split like you know maybe a 60 40 ceh split i think they still like ceh but you know we don't usually see rookie running backs come in and get the lion's share like right off the bat some i mean it happens but not like a full workload like ceh is getting and you know it makes sense for the chiefs to do it. like if you can get him for the veteran minimum like might as well go get someone to help you win a, another championship and make sense for bell to do it so i think this is going to happen i don't want bell that this doesn't make me want bell but i'm not really moving ceh very much either he hasn't been scoring those touchdowns anyways so i don't think that's really going to hurt his production on the field like it's not like he's going to He's not producing that much anyway, so I don't see that going away. Um, that's just me personally. Agreed. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely not looking to sell CEH just because Bell is there. Um, I mean, he's he's going to be the guy that's going to be there long term, and uh, he's still got definite upside. Although, I mean, it is interesting, too, that they're uh, – I mean, I don't know how much he's been able to do it with the Jets, but – He's got. Uh, he's definitely had been a factor in the receiving game throughout his career too, as well. So I'm curious to see how that goes. Once, assuming Bell does sign there, but anyway, we'll move on to our next guy um, that we wanted to talk about from Week Four, which is uh, everybody's talking about him. Chase Claypool against my Eagles, uh, <laughs> seven catches, 110 yards, four, not one, not two, not three, but four TDs. One of them rushing. Uh, so crazy breakout game for Claypool. Um, I want to get your guys' thoughts, but I'm going to give mine first, which is just that I, I, I'm not totally going crazy on Claypool because of this. I don't think he's going to be a reliable starter or anything after this the rest of the year. Um, he's definitely stock up in Dynasty because uh, if you have a rookie show out that much this early, I mean, that that means a lot. But I do think this particular game, um, there was definitely sort of a matchup-based aspect to it. 
Uh, I don't know if people realize, but the uh, I, as as an Eagles fan, I do. The Eagles have been awful against the tight end this year. Uh, Logan Thomas had his best game of the season against the Eagles. Higby had three touchdowns against the Eagles, and uh, Kittle went nuts against the Eagles. And I know Claypool is not a tight end, but if if you remember when he came out, there was talk of converting him to tight end. He's definitely a big wide receiver, so I'm kind of thinking that uh, that that Pittsburgh saw this big kind of wide receiver tight end hybrid matchup and they could exploit it um, and that maybe would have happened even if Deontay Johnson hadn't gotten hurt. Uh, but especially once he did, I think they definitely went, went to town with Claypool. So um, that's basically my thoughts. So I still think Deontay and Juju are still going to get more targets than Claypool does this year in 2020. Uh, Juju's future is obviously uncertain there. Uh, there's definitely been talk of him leaving it. I think he's up after this year. So, Claypool going forward, I like Claypool for 2020, not not as much. Uh, Marvin, where, where are you at with Claypool? Uh, I agree uh, wholeheartedly with what you just said. I love what I've seen from him. Uh, you know, four touchdowns is pretty impressive, but I I want to wait another game before I truly say, okay, he's the guy I want to put in my lineup unless I really am struggling at wide receiver or flex. Um, you know, I think you can plug him in there, but I, w- I definitely wouldn't expect four uh, four touchdowns um, for for Claypool. So it, you know, it's good to see if as a, as a rookie t- for him to break out. You know, we see the potential and and what that could become. And uh, to Rocky's point, uh, if uh, if Juju doesn't um, stay with the with the Steelers, well, then uh, he becomes. Um, I guess at a worst, the wide receiver, the wide receiver too in that offense with Deontay Johnson. So there's a lot of opportunity uh, going forward. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think this year he's going to be pretty boomer bust, just like he was. Like the Steelers are obviously really high on him. Like they took him in the second, so they believe in him. Like they need a running back. They didn't need receivers, but they they took him. And I, I do think this means the end for Juju. I just don't think that. They are going to bring him back. They they are, you know, I was listening to Trade Addicts podcast back a couple months ago, and I think Brian was saying, like, the Steelers, like, they always focus on their defense, and they're going to need to lock up a lot of their defensive players here soon that, you know, they're going to be fine with, you know, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and then you have, like, James Washington, and then, you know, a couple of guys here and there. Um, I don't think there's any way that Juju's back. Um but, you know, the thing about uh, Claypool that's exciting is he's just super athletic and, like, he fits that team so well. Um, he's just, like, he's a monster. He, like, he's a combine darling. Like, I know they call him Mapletron because of, like, his size and the speed and everything like that. But, like, and, and all jokes aside, like, obviously he's not the next Calvin Johnson, but, like, they believe in him a lot. Um, so I think, like, after 2020, he will have some decent value. But I also, like, I don't know like I think he will have a clear clear job and clear upside next year but I don't know what that the quarterback situation is going to be like you know Big Ben only has I think one year left on his deal but he's going to be like what 39 next year like mm-hmm. coming off his elbow injury like he's looked fine this year but like what's that going to look like long term there like that was one of the thoughts I places I thought Dak would look good at if if they if mm-hmm. he doesn't go to Dallas is going back is going to Pittsburgh I also had Dak to New Orleans, maybe uh, New Orleans or Pittsburgh were my kind of top two. Um, with Breeze gone, anyways, that's whole. We already talked about Dak, so I'll, so I'll get back in. Um, but yeah, I think I, Claypool. He's just going to be boomer bust this year. Like I, I feel like he's going to be a guy. Like you're going to everyone's going to start him this week, 
and he's going to go out and with four catches this week. You know, like that's just going to be him. I do think that there's a, a chance that he passes Deontay Johnson, though. Um, Deontay Johnson. No, don't I, say I, that. I love Deontay <laughs> Johnson. So do I. But like they took, they they invested their first pick in the draft in Chase Claypool. Like they didn't have a first. They their very first pick was Chase Claypool. Um, like he, I think that they want him to be their guy, like going forward. Um, after after Juju leaves this year, and I I could see him. Like I, I can see Deontay being in the slot and Chase is your your outside guy and like he's he's the alpha in that in that offense. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but I I I can see the path there. Like as much as we like Deontay, like yes, he's had a lot of targets, but like he still hasn't like he looked decent at the end of last year. Granted, it was like Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, but like he was leading the team in targets before the injury. Yeah, he was leading the targets, but he, like he hasn't brought those targets in. Like he hasn't done much with the targets yet. Um and I don't know if that's Big Ben or, or or Deontay, but I just I can see the path there for Claypool. Like, I, I just think it comes more at the expense of, of Washington. And I think Juju's gonna play more slot than Deontay. I think Deontay and Juju are gonna be, you know, Deontay's gonna be on the outside, Juju's gonna be on the outside. I mean Juju's gonna be in the slot and uh and Claypool will take Washington snaps. That that's what and I still think he's gonna be majorly inconsistent as a rookie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't think he's going to really have that much value this year. Like, he's just going to be super boom and bust. But I think next year, like, I could see him being, like, the one. I, I could see him and Deontay being, like, a DK and Tyler, like a poor man's DK and, and, and Tyler Rocket. Like, they're both going to have their weeks, but they're both going to be pretty consistent. Um, I Especially think, if Juju leaves. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think there's any chance he's back, personally. I think you're probably right. They're going to that defense. They're not going to pay him. Right. So let's get into the other guy that maybe got a little overshadowed in that game that uh, everyone's picking up on their waiver wire this week if they if he's still there, which is uh, my Eagles, Travis Fulgham, new superstar of the NFL. Uh, <laughs> 10 for 152 and a touchdown. Uh, honestly, even as an Eagles fan, I'm not uh, overvaluing this. I, I I do think he may be a solid contributor the rest of the year. He may be a guy you can throw in for bye weeks um, just because they don't have much else there. Uh, I, I know Alshon and Deshaun could be coming back as soon as this week. Uh, I have no confidence that they will be there next week, um, even if they do start this week. So, um, and, and Rager, you know, Rager, when he does come back, is going to be a rookie who had no training camp and missed half the season. So uh, after what Fulgham showed this week, I think he's a guy uh, that can maybe get you like 10 points in PPR uh, if you have to throw him on a bye week. But he's not someone I'm rushing out to buy. And uh, I did get him on a couple waiver wires. I, I, I love that. I would, I would spend 50, 60, 70% fab on him just because I think he can be a contributor. And mo in most dynasty leagues on, man, you're talking like 30-man rosters, so you're not getting much there anyway. Um, uh, you guys, anyone disagree with that? Uh, if not, I guess we can just move on. <laughs> no, okay. I mean, I don't disagree. Like, I, I put in in any leagues that he is like – I'm not one that usually sends spends my fab in the beginning of the year. So like I put out some like 40 to 50% bids just because like you said, like there's nothing on the waiver wire. So like if he hits cool, but that's the only reason I'm picking him up is just because I have fab to spend and 
there's never anything on the, on the waiver wire. Um, but I think it was just more of like, they had to throw, they had nobody else. Like Ertz is dead. Like he's trash. Um, <laughs> one, one I don't know that five yards. Trash. I know he had a horrible game, but he hasn't been good. It's he's no, been, no he hasn't been, water. he hasn't been good all year, but yeah, I, I'm still and not, they, he's only still only 29. I don't know that he's trash. I, they have no other receiving options when he gets a catch. Like, come on. Like he's just like, he just doesn't look good on the field like he's just looks slow can't separate like he's just he looks like a guy that's done personally i don't know if there's something else going on but like you know so maybe he hits uh i don't know um but i'll take the gamble on it but i'm not i'm not going out to buy him unless he's on the so and then the one of the guy we're going to talk about before we get into a little bit of a strategy discussion after that was Justin Herbert. Uh, stock is is way up at this point, especially after the game he had this week. But even prior to that, he was playing very well. Um, even if it wasn't always resulting in wins, it was resulting in fantasy points. So I um, wanted to ask you, Marvin, where, where are we valuing uh, Justin Herbert at this point? Is he, uh, given the youth that everyone so prioritizes uh, in Superflex. And uh, is he a low-end QB1 already value-wise at this point? Or what do you think? I, I think he is. I think he's a top 12 dynasty quarterback just based off of what we've seen. And I, uh, from it's obviously it's just five ga- you know, five games, four games, because uh, Tyrod played the first one, right? Um, so, it's a small sample size, but what we've seen is really, really impressive. And, uh, you know, earlier, um, earlier this week, I was, I was digging into the the rookie quarterbacks and how they've performed. And obviously we've only seen two, right. It's Burrow and, and Herbert. And, and just looking at the statistical leaders there, it's Burrow leads in air yards per game. Uh, he leads in rushing yards per game, but just by a tiny bit, but Herbert leads in passing yards per game, touchdown rate, deep ball completion percentage, red zone completion percentage. and most importantly, pressured completion completion percentage, which is to me really impressive. That Herbert, despite that offensive line, he's able to scramble uh, around and find guys and and uh, throw to guys, throw them open. Which to me, as a rookie quarterback, four four games into your career, is really impressive. So I, you know, it, it's probably part of this is is recency bias too so i i gotta admit that but it he's looked great and and the fact that you know what we seen what we saw on on monday night football is pretty impressive so uh it i definitely have him there i don't have him above joe burrow yet i still think joe burrow's the the better quarterback long term um but i i wouldn't be surprised if people would want uh, him over tua at this point because of just the immediate impact he could have to your team yeah, and I, I agree with the recency bias thing too. I mean, I, I, uh, Monday night was the first time I got to see a full game of Herbert, and and he did look really good. I do, I, I do think he has some rookie issues. I think he does hold on to the ball maybe a little too long sometimes trying to make a play. But but you know he was super impressive on Monday. Um, with both the, uh, Dustin, did you want to say something? Yeah, just I, 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 I would be buying Herbert. Like his, he just has such a, a talented arm. Like. He's got such a strong arm and like he's got he's got a really good offense out there as well, especially when they get Eckler back, you know, like Mike Williams, Keenan, Hunter Henry and Eckler. Like that's that's a pretty strong team. And it's crazy how much he's jumped after this buy. He has the Jags, the Broncos, the Raiders and the Dolphins Um, defense wise. Like he's going (laughs) to those next four games like he he can continue to climb. Like so I don't know, like I, I. 
if I had him, I might be able to look into Stell after those four games. Um, then he goes to the Jets actually after after the Dolphins. So like week twelve, he has the Bills and then the Patriots. But then it's Falcons, Raiders, Broncos. So like he's only got two games for the rest of his season that are difficult for him defensive wise. So like he's he's in a great position to succeed for the rest of the year. And they've already came out and said that he's going to start rest of the year. So uh, arrows pointing up for me. Like I I have him inside the top twelve. And if I think if I think you do what you're gonna do, then you know this will be a fun exercise. Yeah, I did want to ask you too. We're gonna play Brian Brian Harz of the uh, Trade Addicts podcast, a member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. Um, his favorite game, the ADP game. Um, there is no super flex ADP for October, but uh, there is uh, one QB. You know. Uh, uh, ADP. Um, so I'm just looking at the QB ADP. Herbert's down and said we talked about this before the show, Dustin. Hubert's all the way down at 16 because probably he hadn't started many games when they were doing this. Uh, so I'll move up to say QB 12. Uh, and, and I'm going to say if you're a contender, would you rather have Aaron Rodgers or Justin Herbert? I'll let Marvin go first. <laughs> I I'd still go Rodgers there. Yep. Even in Dynasty. Because uh, <laughs> Rodgers was a QB twelve in, in for October ADP. I mean, Rodgers is looking really good. I I still don't love. I'm Rogers actually Robert. amazed at some of the guys ahead of of Rodgers. Once we get to it, but yeah, I I think if I'm a contender, no, I'm going Herbert. Like I think he his schedule looks really good for the end of the year, and he has a, just a longer future. Like. He's 22, and yeah, I'm gonna go Herbert over Rogers. I I can see that you're getting the gears, and and he's he's not a, a huge step down from anything Rogers is doing right now. I mean, I don't Herbert's not gonna go over and take over a game like Rogers can. Like he's not gonna go throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns. Like that's just not Herbert yet. But he still has more weapons. Like like yes, we saw it happen without Adams like two weeks ago with Rogers, which was insane to me. But like I his weapons can just can go away. Like I don't love anybody on this team outside of Adams receiving wise and, and Jones, but like, I, I love, I like Herbert's weapons all around more than I like Rogers. Um, I, I could see them per, being pretty similar for rest of the year. And I'll buy the 14 years difference. <laughs> and I'm going to jump up to QB 10, another old QB, Matt Ryan or Herbert. 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 Agreed. That one's easier. And- and th- this one I think is easy too, even though he's QB nine, and I hate to say it, but Carson Wentz or Justin Herbert? Herbert. <laughs> yep, Herbert for me too. <laughs> I, I I do think Wentz will rebound. He's I think he's already started rebounding, and people don't quite realize it yet, and still think he's horrible from his first few games of the year. But I got to <laughs> take Herbert there too. And then to this goes to what Marvin said earlier: Herbert or QB eight Joe Burrow. <laughs> Both guys are like. I think, I think it's the they're giving me. I think it's a lot closer for me. Um, I don't think it's as clear cut Burrow as everybody thinks. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the biggest Burrow fan coming into it as well. Um, I don't like he's looked good, but like he hasn't looked great with how many times he's throwing ball, like 40, mm-hmm. 50 plus times a game, like. Mm-hmm. His numbers look good because of how often he's throwing. Like, and he's had good games, but like that line isn't good. Like, I think all around, like Herbert was 
a better quarterback throughout their entire career until last year. Like in Burrow only had that one year and Herbert was, was a good quarterback his entire college career. And he's in a great, on a great team and a great offense. Um, and now I, if you have Burrow, like you're not going to trade Burrow for Herbert because you took him number one probably in, in, in the draft. But I think they're, they're right there for me. Pretty, pretty neck and neck. Um, I'm, 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 so who are you picking? Did you say which one? I, I, no, I just kind of skirted around. I know. I, 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 I ended up stuttering there because I'm like, wait a second. That didn't answer that question. Um, <laughs> because I was about to say that I agreed or disagreed with you. And I'm like, wait a second. I can't because that's an answer. <laughs> Give me Burrow, but it's like a 55, 45. Like okay, that's like exactly right where there. I am too. Yeah, is is I'm still going Burrow, but it's so much closer than would have been probably even a week ago. And like Marvin said, maybe this is just amounts to recency bias, and I'm falling victim to it too. But uh, it's it's super close. But I just I got to go Burrow. He he was definitely he's been looking good too, like you said. Um, and I don't think he has uh quite as much to work with in terms of uh, offensive weapons. Tyler Boyd is nice. T. Higgins is a rookie. A.J. Green is washed. His line is probably worse than than Herbert's. Um, so I, I like both, but I'm still going Burrow, Marvin. Which one? Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think it's definitely closer than it was earlier this season. And it to me, it's still Burrow. Um, but I it's, it's interesting going into the year, I actually thought, Burrow had the better offensive weapons, thinking Joe Mixon would be taking he would take that next step and he'd be the Joe Mixon from the second half of last year. AJ Green would not be washed, except that we found out that he exactly much AJ Green. (laughs) Exactly. And then now you're seeing that okay, it's AJ Green is probably could be traded. Uh, Mixon hasn't been as efficient as we'd like him to be. And then you look at Herbert with Eckler, with uh, you know Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, uh, three great running backs, and then you have Keenan Allen, one of the best, right? And then Mike Williams. So it, I think he's just set up a little better. I so gosh, it. I, I'm kind I'm of talking myself. Like you're talking yourself I'm into Herbert. Herbert. No, exactly. <laughs> I kind like, of am. Herbert. Herbert in one less game, he's got. Three more touchdowns, one less turnover. He's got only 200 le- yes, less yards in one less game. Better weapons. Yeah. Exactly. Give me Herbert. In redraft, it's Herbert. Absolutely. Yep. In Agreed. Dynasty, I'm still going Burrow. What's going to change really? Like, the Bengals are going to all of a sudden get a good line. Like, the Chargers have a good line. They have good weapons. Like, they have all their guys locked up. All of them are signed. They, that offense isn't changing. Like, what's San Diego? I mean, uh, San Diego. Jesus, Los uh, Angeles. Like, yeah, yeah. He's gonna have those weapons. They just signed Keenan. They just signed Hunter Henry. They just signed Eckler. They have a good line. They have a good defense. So, like, it's just like an all round gonna be a good team for a while. Like, we can't say that about the Bengals. I just like, still believe the talent going in, and uh, but he only know, had one year. Had- he only had one year, and that was in <laughs> Joe Brady's offense. Like the best season ever in college history. Like, yes, I'll give that to Burrow, but he's still like he still only had that one year. Like Herbert was good his entire college career. He, he produced his entire career. He's, he was good. He's he got was, a better he arm, he's got a stronger arm. Burrow was in that one year. No, nobody was. 
and, and he's, he's T Higgins will become more of a thing. He'll, he'll mature. Mm -hmm. Uh, they could improve that line. It's not impossible, Dustin. Uh, <laughs> they will have a draft next year. They will have free agent signings. Uh, I said it's much closer. I'm just still leaning Burrow. I'm 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 big on 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 where I was going in. I'm I, I don't have take lock per se, but I'm not after five games just totally reversing what I thought a month and a half ago. It's basically where yeah, I'm at. I I just I wasn't. I was a two over yeah, Burrow you, guy. Yeah, I wasn't as high on Burrow going into it just because I, I I don't try to buy into the one year wonder type guys. And like Burrow's shown that it wasn't a one year wonder so far, but I just think that Herbert's just in a better situation um, than than Cincinnati. Okay, and in regards to the ADP game, I think we're pretty much done because QB seven and above. I don't think any of you guys, are, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. Uh, Deshaun Watson, we're still taking all of them over over Herbert. So, what do you what do you guys would you guys trade Dak for Herbert with the injury? That, that's the one guy I was thinking about. I don't know if you guys would do that straight up in Dynasty, or I I think you can still get a little something extra with Herbert to get Dak. But I think if you can get I don't know a second round pick or another young, uh, probably not young receiver, because I feel like for to some Dynasty players that gap has closed because of the injury. But I still have Dak over Herbert. But as a contender, I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I, I'm I, Dak over Herbert still. Yeah, if you can get Dak and a nice—I mean, a Herbert and a nice piece—I might do it. But I, I'm I'm with both of you. I I have Dak over Herbert still, even with the injury. Okay, so uh, the other thing we wanted to talk about, and we're running long, so we'll try not to take too long on this. But uh, we wanted to talk about a rebuilding. Uh, you know, it's week five. A lot of teams are kind of at this point in the season, you're looking at your team and getting an idea of what you have. So uh, I just wanted to ask you guys, Marvin, I mean, at this point in the season, have you decided if your team is needs a rebuild, um, especially if you thought you were contending going into the season, or do you still like to wait a little longer and give it some more time? And, and how does, if at all, uh, the whole COVID and injury ravaged season affect that. Uh, yeah, I think I think five weeks in, you can you can probably tell if you're contending or if you need to rebuild. I, I COVID kind of changes things because you never really know what your opponents your opponent is going to deal with in two weeks from now or three weeks from now. Because if a game's delayed, you might have the advantage in in a matchup two weeks or three weeks from now, and you could have you know you might might have started one in four but then you know three weeks later you're you're um i don't know you might have a, mu a much better record you might be four and five whatever it might be you know it's, it's so you don't it's it's so unexpected at this point but i think now to me if you wanted to rebuild and i i would definitely look at your roster and, and figure out are you do you need to retool or rebuild because if you just had you know unfortunate luck and you lost cmc and joe and you have joe mix and he has underperformed and um, I'm trying to think here, you know, you, um, you just had just bad luck. You're, you have a, a good roster, you have studs on your team, then I wouldn't necessarily sell those guys for picks right away. Because if you have um, Chris Godwin is a good example, he hasn't given you much this year, but I wouldn't just because I'm down to a one in four record doesn't mean I'm going to trade him right away. I think you still hold on, wait a little bit because COVID could honestly put you back into the playoffs uh, unexpectedly if it comes into your favor. Um, 
But if you were to trade picks, uh, trade four picks, now is probably the right time to do it because they're only just going to grow in value, right? And what I like to do sometimes around this time of the year for my dynasty leagues is just look at kind of try to rank the teams in your league and figure out so who's up there and who's down there and 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 try to figure out guys that may have underperformed or overperformed and maybe trade for their picks because they might think they're contenders but it's possible that might be a better pick you know six months from now so i you know trade for picks now if you, if you want to but i wouldn't necessarily you know it's only five weeks and i wouldn't panic um but just definitely you know self-evaluate and just look at your roster and 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 um, see if you are probably still in it and just had bad luck for the first four or five weeks. That's a great point about the picks. Like I definitely have found, yeah, I had some teams coming in, especially that I was already rebuilding. I wasn't really trying to win this year. And, and I, you, you definitely find that people, especially if they think they're in it, do not care about picks at this point. I, I have multiple leagues where I've picked up multiple first on rebuilding teams that I wasn't trying to win going in. And it's funny some of the, the what you said there about the injuries too. I, I, I have it specifically some of the guys you named. I have a team with that I am one in four, like you said, that I have Saquon, CMC, Sutton and Locke. So that that that's been, and Godwin. Uh, and so that's been fun. But uh, <laughs> so even uh, even if uh, just for example though, with that, even even if I'm not going to contend this year, which I may not, because um, some of those guys are out for the year, I'm I'm still not looking to sell those guys. Those are all young guys, pretty much. So uh, I mean, CMC and Saquon are not super young, but uh, I I think there's a lot of Dustin. I think there's a lot of factors you got to look at. Are you looking to start rebuilding already? If you're not where you wanted to be, and what are you using to decide that? I am at this point because i want to be one of the first ones to start rebuilding i don't want to wait until there's multiple teams down there with me making it harder to to get those picks um so that's like you know if i'm and like i can see how performances are like there's not many scenarios that are going to change like if i'm already one in four like there's not that much that will probably change on most of my lineups that are really going to change the outcome very much without me making moves um, like, obviously I'm not going to sell those young guys unless that's all I have. Like if I have one young stud, one young stud's not going to do anything for me. So then I'll, I'll, I'll try to sell them for a haul, but overall, like, you know, any of like, and when we get into our find me a trade, we'll, we'll, you'll kind of see the move that I made, but like guys like Julio, like stuff like that, like, I'm just, I'm just out, I'm selling them. Like if I have any of those guys, I'll, I'm going to basically take whatever I can get, but I want to be the first one selling. I don't want to be the middle or the last one selling. Um, especially this year. Like if I'm already struggling now, like, yes, I could have been hurt with injuries or COVID, but like that can still happen. Like this year has been pretty crazy. Like, so I'm not, I'm not usually that too optimistic if I'm down at that point, like, you know, I, I definitely evaluate all the other teams in the league, see where it's at. But and then I'll, I'll go through my schedule, um, see like who I've played already, and like if I'm one and four, but I've played some of the bottom teams, like okay, you know what, I'm not really gonna compete this year. Um, if I'm one and four, but I'm like number four or five in points, then okay, then maybe I still have a shot here. Like my team's performing, just had bad luck. Um, I don't just look at record; I look at uh, potential points and and, mm -hmm. and points allowed and points scored, and, and kind of see where I'm at there in comparison with the rest of the league. And then we'll start making that. But I, I'm usually pretty quick to make that that decision so that I can be early 
early on rebuilding. Like I was trying like Rocky and Trade Addicts three that were both in like I feel like the whole league's rebuilding. So right now nobody can actually rebuild because everybody's yeah. rebuilding. <laughs> like there's like four or five teams that are all selling for picks. So like we can't get picks. Like so it's it's really tough to rebuild and in, in, when you get in that situation. So I want to be out out front of that. I that's definitely a good plan. Something I hadn't really thought of about just trying to be the first guy out there to start rebuilding and get the picks before everybody else can ask for them. And I agree with a lot of what you said. That those are kind of the things I'm looking at. Also, um, just uh, I'm not always. It depends on the league too. I'm not always ready. If I was thought I was contending coming in, uh, you mentioned Trade X three. I thought I I could be decent there and. Uh, I am one in four, I believe. Um, thank you, Johnny Smith, for those two touchdowns, which cost me a win this week. Um, but uh, but I, I look at injuries, uh, all play record, and, and a lot of the things you said. I think that's a good way to look at it. Things don't look great for me there. I'm basically hanging my hat that I have had some injury issues and some underperforming issues. I'll probably give it another week or two. I won't be the first guy rebuilding because, like Dustin said, it seems like, especially in that league, perpetually six teams are rebuilding constantly. It's not always the same six teams, but <laughs> there's always seems to be half the league is rebuilding because uh, nobody wants to be in the middle. So, uh, But I look at all those things, and, and – at this point, I'm thinking about it, but it, it you just have to weigh all those factors and decide, you know, do you think maybe you can still come back from two and three or one and four? Uh, oh, and five, you're pretty much done, though. So if you are, uh, <laughs> you probably should start rebuilding. But um, in terms of rebuilding, um, I just wanted to get your guys' general strategy um, and what you're looking to do. Say you, are, you have decided, okay, this team is one I need to – to kind of at least retool, if not rebuild. Um, it's going to be a little funny coming for me, but I'm generally looking at quarterbacks and wide receivers just because they hold value the longest. Um, so uh, looking to get, obviously everyone's always looking to get young guys and picks. The other thing that I um, always want to do is I hate if I have, if I'm decided under, I'm going to rebuild and say I have a, a Devonte Adams, I'm going to sell or Julio, I always want to get – I don't want to trade him for two first. I want to get a first and some young – like a first and Terry McLaurin or something like that. I want to get a player with it because I think that speeds up the rebuild. Um, so, Marvin, what are your general strategy thoughts on rebuilding? Yeah, I think you touched on on some of it already that I I like to get or young receivers or just in general players that I believe will retain value or even exceed that in six months from now or a year from now. Um, so those young receivers, like I, I think of like LaVisca Chenault, Jerry Judy, for example, values maybe a little down. Denzel Mims, even he, nope. I feel like people have forgotten about him, but he's, right. he was a second round pick and he could uh, walk into a role with a lot of volume. Um, those guys that have a lower val uh, value now, but we could see them, uh, their, their value skyrocket um, come next season. And uh, one thing I, I like to do, and I try to do at least is, especially if you decide to, um, you know, to, to Dustin's point, uh, be one of the first guys to, to rebuild. I try to trade those older players if I can, like David Johnson, Lev Bell, even Adam Thielen, potentially guys that are aging that have the most value right now in season when you have, especially during the COVID season here where everyone's struggling with depth, try to trade David Johnson for maybe a low first if you can get that and, and trade him to a contender because he has a great uh, rest of season schedule. 
Um, and, and, and if there's someone that needs that RB2 or, or a flex piece to, to get them over that hump and be a championship team, then um, then I would do that because those guys uh, come off season. No one's going to want to trade for them, but right now they will. Thielen's a great one too yeah. because he, he's, mm-hmm. wide, he's PPR wide receiver two right now. My gosh, I don't yeah. know if he's going to be that next <laughs> no, year. No, so. I don't think so. That's my <laughs> exactly. point though is that right yep. now he is and someone will yep. look at that and say, yeah, g- give me some of that. I'm contending. So, 100. Exactly. Exactly. So, if, if I can do that, that's one of my my go to first moves is uh, kind of trade the guys that I think are going to lose value six months from now, and then trade for the guys that that do. I mean, that sounds obvious, but I think if you can can do that, I think that's a good way to start the rebuild. And Dustin, what about you? Yeah, like. So when I when I make the decision to re uh, to rebuild and start selling, like I don't like rush to sell everybody right away, like like because you're gonna lose value that way. Like I wait for the spikes. Like I had a league, and this is probably in hindsight, like me not listening to myself. I, I traded Julio away for for pretty cheap just because I was just gonna mention him. Julio because that's a really good. You mentioned Julio before, and he's a guy that you yeah. probably wouldn't want to sell right now. But when he, two weeks if he goes for for 10 for 150 and a touchdown or something. I, I know I left some some value on, on the table. Like I was in I I made the I was 0-3-0-4. And this was the league I was actually planning on rebuilding. And then every the whole league started rebuilding. So then I was like, okay, well, I'll scoop up all these pieces and go for it. Didn't work. So I started <laughs> I started selling. Um and my last piece that I really wanted to sell was Julio. So I couldn't get seconds for him. I, cu- I couldn't really get anything for him. So um, I put out on there, I did the Scott Connor um, uh, auction. So I put it out in the league. I was like, hey, if I get get four offers for, for from four different teams, the, the best best deal gets, gets Julio. All I got for Julio Jones was D.D. Westbrook and a 2022 first. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> and I know I left value on the table by trading Julio. Oh, wait, you was, that? Yeah, it, it, was, <laughs> it was the best deal. It was the best deal in the auction. Oh man! And I I posted that I would accept it, so I I was a man of my guess, word, yeah, and I accepted I guess it. It's like the outhouse challenge, yeah. Um, but it was it was not like, and that was I probably should have just waited. Like, I my team wasn't going to score enough points to really make it a, a big deal for me um to hold him i just didn't want him in my lineup scoring points if he came back so that's kind of why i rushed into it but like don't rush into your rebuild once you make that decision like if you have guys that traditionally carry value don't just sell them for cheap just to get rid of them um like wait for those spikes like you know like marvin jones like i was all on marvin jones and he's been absolutely terrible but you know we all know he's gonna have that blow-up game that marvin jones has every year that's when you sell marvin jones for like a second or a third or or whatever you you're trying to get there or a denzel mims like marvin talked about denzel mims like i think he's a great buy right now you know michael Pittman and paris Campbell being hurt like get those guys as like throw-ins in your in your deals um i'm always looking like if i'm rebuilding i want that extra upside piece like thrown into any deal like i'm like uh you know trading a, a guy worth a second like give me like a, a high upside paris campbell or something like that with it just to make it worth my while and like while those guys are hurt that's something you can get done like i've been buying up rager all over while he's on ir right now um in my rebuild teams um 
if you're rebuilding, if I'm rebuilding, I love to buy the injured player because like the contenders that have those guys on their IR, they just want points now to try to win. So I go buy those Suttons, go buy the Ragers, go buy all those hurt guys right now, go buy Saquon. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm right there with you, Rocky. Like if I'm rebuilding, I want quarterbacks and wide receivers and I use my picks to get running backs. Like you're not going to be able to buy a running back and rebuild because running backs right now are hold so much value to those teams that I'm selling all my running backs and just buying quarterbacks and wide receivers and picks. And that, that's how I build. Right. And two, two final things I wanted to say before we move on. Um, one, uh, like I said, I obviously I said it first, so I grade totally QBs and wide receivers. I'm looking for, I, but to Marvin's point in terms of guys, um, uh, well, he, I think he was talking about guys who will decrease in value and selling them, but I also like getting guys who will increase in value. Um, and in terms of, I'm not looking to always buy running backs in a rebuild, but I do think guys like Dobbins and Swift, guys who are doing next to nothing right now, um, are, are nice guys to pick up. And they won't, and it's possible throughout most of 2021, they won't hurt you in terms of scoring points if you're trying to get your draft pick higher. So those kind of running backs I, I might be looking to get. And the only other thing I was going to say is that we did have on the show sheet here to talk about some specific guys who might have been targeting. But I think the Marvin and Dustin both did that pretty well. They both basically touched on exactly what I was going to touch on, which was uh, injured guys and uh, rookies or, or even second-year guys that um, aren't necessarily – uh, producing well now or haven't popped yet or injured, things like that. So I, I literally almost all the guys you guys said, like Rager, LaVisca, uh, even the second-year guy, Hawkinson, um, if you, if you want to pick up a young tight end, uh, Tua, so guys like that. Mm-hmm. So with that, uh, we will move on to our Find Me a Trade segment. Find me a trade! And I just wanted to mention before we get into it, um, cause we never do this, even though we did it all the time when we started, we are actually out of submissions. Now this is, uh, the last one we have in the pipeline. So if you, if you want to send it in and have us find you a trade, um, you can send it to me or Dustin at our Twitter handles, which we gave at the beginning and the end of the show or the dynasty junkies handle at dynasty junkies. So, uh, send some over to us. We, we need some more, um, cause this is the last one we got, uh, in the pipeline. So. It was submitted by Joseph Fry at jfry80 on Twitter. It's a 12-team PPR Superflex uh, with 2.0 tight end premium, 28-man rosters, start 10, a QB, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a Superflex, and two flex. Uh, he said his team is 3-2. and two. Uh, He thinks it's a contender, but definitely top-heavy, so told us to go in any direction we want to go with it. So... Me and Marvin actually came up with some pretty similar trades. Um, so I'll let Dustin go first, and then me and Marvin can get into what we were thinking. Yeah, so looking uh, at but, his roster, yeah, I don't roster. necessarily think that like he's really a contender. Like He's got Mahomes and Rodgers, so I, I like that. Um, but at running back, he's got Dobbins and Eckler, Mixon. Like, so he's, he's pretty solid at running back. Like Eckler is injured, obviously. Dobbins is... I, I like him in the future, but he's not performing right now. He's got some high upside guys like Madison and Kelly. A receiver, he's got Tyreek, Hilton, Julio. Then he's got like Preston Williams, Keelan Cole. And then he's got Hawkinson and, and Kittle. So like he's 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 kind of solid, but like he doesn't have the the depth, especially with this year with with injuries. Like 
you know, lose, him using losing Eckler already hurt him. He doesn't have a third quarterback, so if like, anything were to happen to his quarterbacks, he's he's kind of done there. Um, and I kind of talked about, so I'll get into my trade. Um, what I talked about earlier in is like Julio is a guy that I'm out on. We we kind of talked a lot about him. So my trade was to trade Julio to Team Burns for Jarvis Landry, Denzel Mims, and Gabriel Davis. Um, I'm just I'm. I'm out on Julio. Um, this is this might be a deal you have to make in a, in a couple of weeks when Julio's back on the field and producing. Um, but he's still got name value. Um, I think that he needs wide receiver depth, um, and he like I like getting Mims and and Davis um, for the future. Um, and I really don't think Landry is going to score much different between Julio. Um, team Burns is one of the highest scoring teams in the league, so I think it makes sense for him to do it. And he's pretty deep at at wide or uh, at wide receiver, so he can condense and get. Um, he's got Keenan Allen, Robbie Anderson, Tyler Boyd, John Brown, Edelman, Galladay, Jarvis, Mims, Pittman, Emmanuel Sanders. So like he he definitely can consolidate some of those wide receivers and get the stud that Julio is that. You know, we know Julio is going to come back towards the playoffs and he's going to be pretty effective. So I just like getting um, getting that package for Julio and that's going to help his depth. And it might actually make it to where he can still contend this year um, and with just adding those extra depth because I don't think Jarvis and Julio is going to be that different at the end of the year. What do you guys think, though? I, I think I... I don't hate the idea of the trade, but I, I do think you should probably get more for Julio. Um, and maybe I'm not as on board with the idea of the trade as I think I was saying, because I think he's a little more of a contender than you think he is. I do agree that, and he even said it himself, he's he's thin. Uh, injuries are will kill him. Um, but I definitely think he has some decent high-end pieces where he, if, if – things break right going forward and he you know he does okay with injuries he definitely has a shot here um so i would rather hold on to julio and i don't think you're getting quite enough back for him um i mean i do like like uh marvin said i do like mims he's kind of been forgotten um gabriel davis is okay um but overall i just and you know jarvis is jarvis but i would just like a little more for julio if i'm gonna sell him marvin what do you think I, I I do think that Julio is just a, a tough sell. Um, Dustin, you kind of talked about your trade for Julio. I've tried to trade him in, in some of the dynasty leagues that I have him. And I just can't get enough uh, back. And and that's why to a point where I feel comfortable that whatever, whoever I'm, I'm getting in return, I can put in it and, and can start and feel good about. But um, I, I, Julio, if you can get a deal done where you can get, Landry, who I think kind of has underperformed, who might have, might be better towards, uh, you know, as the year goes on, then I, I think that works. Though I I think Julio might just have more value in his lineup once he comes back and is healthy than, than trading him because you might just, you might not get the upside of a Julio because Julio's upside far outweighs um, Landry, who I think would be the replacement in the lineup there. So uh I I definitely think if you can trade Julio in a different trade, I would do it. And and even in this one, try to get more pieces. But um, yeah, he's a tough one. I just Julio is. I think he's he's worth more than than people are willing to to pay for right now, which is kind of a bummer. And that's kind of why I'm with like that's why I, I kind of like went with this trade for Julio because mm -hmm. like yeah, in our minds, I think that we think he's worth more, but 
Mm. I'm not really seeing that anywhere. Like I don't know I that also, he's going to yeah, continue to carry that. I value. also think this goes to a larger point where you're you're way more down than on Julio than I am, uh, uh, just because he hasn't produced this year. I don't think he's he's not AJ Green washed or anything. So uh, I just think he's been hurt most of the season and. He, he missed last game. He didn't play most of the game before that. I think if he gets healthy, I think we're still going to see close to Julio, which it sounds like you don't. Yeah, I I don't know. Like the it's the cliff is going to come at some point, like for everybody. And I'm not saying that Julio's there, but like you don't know that he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and like with Dynasty and with so many good young receivers, and like you talked about with Scott Connor when he was on the pod earlier this year, like there's just so many good receivers out there and there's just an influx of talent there that these older wide receivers aren't going to carry that value that they used to carry. Like, and I don't know that Julio is going to continue to command multiple two plus first round picks like he used to like this might oh, be, I, I agree the with most that value. for no other reason than he's 31. So <laughs> Yeah, I just, but like at, at this point, like, and I know that we, we kind of differ on, on this owner and what he needs to do with this team. I don't think he has the depth to be able to make the run just kind of with what we're seeing in, in the, um, the community right now and just kind of in the, in the landscape. Like right now, he's got one starting running back. Like that's it. He doesn't have a third quarterback. He has, two maybe three receivers he can start like he just doesn't have that depth on his team so i think he needs to get multiple pieces that may increase in value and julio's never going to increase in value so that's why i did that's why i want that deal yeah and i know you're big on 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 whether they can increase in value um whereas i'm often weighing the production more but marvin Let's get into your trade, um, which was very smart because it's similar to my trade. So go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ours is uh, is pretty identical. So I, I, you know, when I was looking at at um, at his team, I I agree with uh, Dustin that there's just that lack of depth, especially at wide receiver. So my goal with this trade is to, uh, to get a wide receiver in return that he can start and and get younger at it too. So um, the I, I definitely saw the strength there for knuckleheads was tight end. He has Kittle and Hawkinson, two great young tight ends in the tight end premium. And then I, I looked at dead rabbits. One of the other teams, they just have wide receivers upon wide receivers with uh, Metcalf, Juju, A-Rob, Ridley, OBJ, Ayuk, um, Sutton, Hollywood Brown, and, and then CD lamb as well. So he's set at wide receiver for, I don't know what, 20 years or whatever. He's, <laughs> he, he's good to go. Uh, so to me, if, if he can, if, um, if knuckleheads can trade um, Hawkinson and T Y Hilton, who's, who's older, kind of underperformed and, and get in return, someone like CD lamb and Jimmy Graham. So you're kind of swapping the, uh, the, I guess the, the older wide receiver for the younger wide receiver, and then getting an older tight end in return for, um, for a, a really young tight end, ascending tight end. Um, so you're you're just basically getting a stud receiver for a stud tight end, in my opinion here. But I think Jimmy Graham can still fill in for George Kittle um, if something were to happen, bye weeks or whatever. And he has George Kittle. I don't think you're ever going to take him out of your lineup. But C.D. Lamb can help at that wide receiver two spot behind Tyreek Hill. Um, so to, to me, I think if you can get an upgrade at wide receiver, I think this is the team to look at. Um, I mean... I'm not sure exactly how it's CD lamb. His value has probably risen 
So it, it might be tough, but I think if you sell them on that tight end premium scoring and just just um, try to sell them on that uh, on Hawkinson and his potential, I think you might be able to get that trade done. Yeah, I mean, I think if you can pull this deal, I would love it. I just don't know that you'll get any owner to give up CD right now. Um, right. Yeah. Just where he's at. Like, if you can get it done, I would. I would love this deal. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just cautious if he can get CD for it. Hilton isn't a guy that was carrying. This might be I one I could tell You've mentioned multiple times that Hilton's a tough sell, even throwing him in with yeah. Hawkinson. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like this might be one like if Hilton has a big game in a couple of weeks, then like mm-hmm. you can you can potentially go for that deal, especially if like Dalton is hurting CD's value, like dynasty owners are very like, what are you doing for me now? So if, if mm-hmm. Dalton isn't uh, helping out CD like Dak was like, maybe there's a little bit of a dip there that you can buy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be looking at that, but like, I know this owner has a second third and fourth. He doesn't have a first. So I'd be fine adding all three of those picks. If you can get CD just cause I, I think he's that good, but Absolutely. if you can get it, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there too. And I uh, obviously loved the process behind that trade because I'm going to get into mine, um, which was I agree with exactly what Marvin said. And I actually ended up coming with a trade to the exact same team. Um, but uh, and I'm also trading Hawkinson. I said Hawkinson in a pick. Um, I, I put on the sheet here that I would maybe start with the third up to a second if necessary, because I'm not uh, I'm not aiming quite as high as, as Marvin is with CD Lamb, I don't think. Um but uh, to the same team, Dead Rabbits, like Marvin said, he's loaded at wide receiver. It's ridiculous. So, and I, I think if he's not rebuilding, he should be. I, I've said that multiple times when we've talked about trades on this show. He's one in four. He's got a lot of young guys. So I think he's probably is rebuilding. But if he's if he's not, he should be. Um, and what I asked, uh, what I was looking to ask for in return was Deontay Johnson and Leonard Fournette. And my thinking behind this was that I'm going the other way from Dustin in that I, I do think this guy could possibly contend. He's got Mahomes. He's got Kittle. Uh, he's got some other high-end pieces. Uh, you know, Mixon is underperformed somewhat other than that one week, but he's got Mixon. Um, he does have – and Dustin mentioned his his wide uh, – I mean, sorry, his running backs are, are a little shaky, but he does have Eckler, who is now injured. Maybe and I'm thinking he can maybe piece together RB2 until Eckler comes back. Uh, he's got Madison this week, for instance, um, who will be able to start and probably will have a good game. He's got Kelly, he's got Freeman, maybe Dobbins pops by midseason. So I still think he can contend. It's definitely going to be dependent on injury. But even with the injuries he's had, um, with uh, Eckler this week and then Julio most of the season, he's like second in the league in points or, or I'm not sorry, second, but third or fourth in the league in points. So, um, I'm willing to give it a shot and go in for this year. And especially because I think even if it doesn't work, um, maybe he gets more injuries and it all goes to hell. I still think, you know, come week 11, 12, 13, he has pieces he can sell that that people might want i mean he's got aaron that he doesn't necessarily want if he's looking to sell him he's got aaron Rodgers he could trade down from um he's got julio that maybe is producing you know eight catch 120 yard games at that point so i'm willing to give it a try now and uh if it goes wrong you can always then sell later and recoup the 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 pick you throw in in this deal um and i like Deontay. i think his value's kind of down a bit with the claypool 
uh, thing and two injury weeks in a row. Fournette's kind of a total dart throw, but I just liked I I, I liked getting another because I think he needs RB depth too, just because all those guys are shaky after Mixon and Mixon isn't even totally solid. So that way you get a, another guy you can throw in the mix. Fournette's value could go way up if he uh, you know gets healthy and surpasses Jones. So that's what I was thinking. Give it a try now. If it doesn't go well in six weeks, start selling like crazy. What do you think, Marvin? Yeah, I, I definitely think that's a little more realistic than going for CD. Uh, you got, you gotta, you gotta try though, right? So, <laughs> um, but, but I do agree. I do like Deontay Johnson uh, quite a bit. I think he's one of those guys that we've already talked about that whose value could increase, especially going to twenty one. If Juju's not there, then he could be um, the wide receiver one or wide receiver two, right, for that offense. Um, hopefully, with Big Ben there and. Um, or an upgrade at, at quarterback somehow. Um, so I, I do like that. I think Fournette as a contender could still have some value this year. Um, I, I wanted to check, uh, you know, and see your guys' opinion here really quick is, would you guys ever consider trading Tyreek to this team who has multiple wide receivers? If you can get two of these younger wide receivers for Tyreek, would you do that? Uh I would. I was actually when I originally started looking for trades, I was thinking about possibly moving Tyreek. I, I, it depends on who he could get for me. Uh, I mean, he's obviously not getting wide receiver one DK Metcalf, uh, <laughs> but um, I mean, if he can get like a, a a CD and maybe Allen Robinson for Tyreek, is that too much? I don't know. It probably is. I but. I would need to get two pretty good guys because, like I said, for me, I'm still looking. If I'm this guy, I'm still looking to contend this year um, with the with the whole COVID thing. If I'm in the mix, I'm trying to contend as long as possible. Um, so uh, I do think I would be willing to do that, but it depends on which ones he can get. What do you think, Dustin? Yeah, if you can get two of those receivers or – for Tyreek and, and another small piece, I would do it. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know why, but I'm not the biggest Tyreek fan. Um, and I, it's not just because of how who he is outside of football. That's part of it, probably. But I just, I, I still have in my mindset that he's a boom bust kind of guy. I know he's not, but like, I just got speed guys. Like, speed's the first thing to go. Like, we see that happen pretty more early than you know your typical like the ones that can catch and have good, run good routes so i just don't know how long he's going to be effective like obviously he's he's tied to the best quarterback in the league but you know if you can get a cd and out robinson like rocky said like i would love to get that that trade um and selling tyreek is is awesome i think it'd be kind of hard for knuckleheads to give up the stack though because he has mahomes mm. so he probably likes having mahomes and tyreek so that would be kind of hard to do but I definitely like would be open to moving Tyreek because I don't think he's contending um, like like I know Rocky does. Like I'm, I think he's a little further away. So getting two pieces, I like. And before we sign off, I just wanted to give you a chance because um, I know you love to rip my trades. Did you like that one, or you're ready to rip that one too? Oh, that that one that one worked. Um, I think Fournette <laughs> is a great buy right now. Um, for a rebuilding team because I still think he's going to get a job next year. And right now his value is so low that you're going to be able to get him for, for pretty cheap. I think, sorry, my, my 
she's she's watching the the end of the pod. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think that he's someone you can get for pretty cheap, and I still think um, I, I like your call with Deontay's value being down a little bit. I still think he's going to be a good receiver, so I'm I'm all for that trade out. I actually like that one of yours, Rocky. Oh, I'm shocked. Um, but with that, uh, that pretty much ends the pod. So I just want to thank Marvin again for coming on. Um, Marvin, I just want to give you a chance again to just uh, give your Twitter handle and remind everybody where they can find your stuff. Yeah, thank you guys, first of all, for having me. I had a ton of fun. Um, really appreciate you guys inviting me on. Um, uh, you already mentioned it. You guys can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Marvin E. Always open to interacting and, and offering advice whenever I can. Um, otherwise, you can find my work on Dynasty Nerds um, and the, uh, the Fantasy Footballers. So I do come out with a weekly article that came out today, uh, Wednesday. Um, it's the Dynasty Report that just recaps kind of the risers and fallers every week after um, after the, the set of games. So um, be on the lookout for that. And otherwise... Um, you can find me on Twitter just posting random stats here and there. So, yeah. Okay, yeah, great stuff. Everybody, follow Marvin, read his stuff. It's, 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 he's like I said, he's a very smart guy and he agreed with me a lot. So, that obviously proves he's a very smart guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a reminder our Twitter handles at Dynasty FF Addict, Dustin's at Dynasty Junkie FF, the pod is at Dynasty Junkies. Um, also follow the DAP network at DAP underscore network. If you like what you've heard, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, the ratings and reviews really help us uh, let you know, let us know what you think, and uh, help people find us and, and uh, just give us an idea where we want to go with things. So thank you for everybody for listening, and we'll be back next week. Chunky's out.